I watched the Parallax View, which is uh, Warren Beatty in like the 70s. Okay. As he's a journalist and he's basically, there's like a political assassination yeah. on the order of Robert Kennedy. Okay. At like a, it's actually like in the Space Needle. It was a pretty cool nice. way to film that. Um, and he kind of uncovers this company that hires assassins. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. But it was pretty cool. Like, there's a scene in the middle of the movie where he goes undercover and gets a job with this company, mm-hmm. and they brainwash him, and it it's kind of this thing where they sit him down in front of a TV, and it yeah. shows like a montage, all these images, and then words, and it like basically slowly turns him from like a average american like very stereotypical yeah. things of like shots of like mother father love country and then it like slowly devolves in these images of violence but they show the whole thing just to us oh like cool. that's what he's seeing yeah so they don't they don't cut to him at any point of this like i want to say five minute montage what <laughs> yeah it was pretty weird that sounds uh, really cool. It was kind of a cool I thing. I want to look that movie. scene up specifically. Yeah, it's you know it's probably on YouTube. Is that know. cheating to just look up the scene? No, but then if you watch it out of the context of the movie, I think you will be turned into an assassin for hire. So I'm failing <laughs> to see. Downside. I'm failing to see a downside. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so much. 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 So you wanted to talk about Star Trek. Yes. There's so many Star Trek movies. We probably won't talk about all of them. Well, I haven't seen all of them. Yeah. Which I know is shocking. Yeah. That Tyler has seen all the Star Trek movies and I haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have seen a lot of movies in general. Yeah, <laughs> I got that but, on you, but yeah. But Star Out Trek. of the two of us, which one would <laughs> yeah. you pick to have seen all the Star Trek yeah, movies? Yeah, definitely you. Uh, you have got me beat on episodes of the TV shows. Yeah, I assume by a lot. Have you watched the TV show at all? Not really. Then I have you beat. Yeah. <laughs> Just anything that Dad would put on, or he was a big Next Generation. Yeah, fan. he'd scroll through the channels and he'd see a Star Trek episode on. And he'd say, "Oh man, this is a good one." And so then I'd, I'd watch, watch five the, minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, I've watched the first couple seasons of Next Generation. Like, right before it gets good, basically. <laughs> and I just got bored with it for a little bit. I'm going to get back into it, but yeah, I'm still slogging through the end of season two. Mm-hmm. So, And Star Trek's origin as a TV show is a big part of the problems with the various movies and the problems that fans have with enjoying the movies, which is that... People who like the Star Trek TV show want every movie to be a 90-minute episode of the TV show. No, but they you say that, but, cool happens. but they actually don't want that because there are, are a couple movies that are that, and they are very disliked. Specifically, at the very least, that's what they think they want. No, they want the like they part. want like big. They want like a big Star Trek movie is what they want. I don't know who they want, those people are. They want Star Trek to be a movie. Is it while still having well, the that, same characterization yeah. and all that stuff, but they want it to like really feel like a movie. They want you know like their the budget to do something other than you know okay I'll just give the example. Well, that makes sense. They want the budget to be bigger. The there's a movie called Star Trek Insurrection, yeah. which is the one where the next gen people, Picard and yep. all that Data. whole crew, 
Geordie LaForge, Worf, etc. We have to name all of them no. now. Riker, <laughs> Commander Troy, Beverly Crusher, Crusher. Uh, Wesley Crusher. No, he's not in this Who one. Sucks. Yep, he's the worst. But that one is just essentially the most like an episode. Okay. It's like a ninety. It's like a hundred minute episode, basically, because the the special effects aren't that great. the The premise is essentially just an episode. Mm-hmm. It's like they find a planet that like restores their youth, basically. Oh yeah, that and one. then and then they have to figure out what the big mystery is behind it, and they do that. That's it. Like, it's not super interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's inter- It'd be interesting for a forty five minute episode. But it's not interesting when they have to make it longer than that. So yeah. that movie's not very good. I still kind of enjoyed it because it was one of the few I had seen at that point as a kid. Yeah. But it's not good. No, it's not good. Whereas the one right before it, which was Star Trek First Contact, mm-hmm. is almost universally liked mm-hmm. because the premise seems bigger than an episode, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. They, they basically go back in time to meet the guy who invented Warp Drive yeah. on Earth. And then... They are because an enemy goes back to try and kill that guy. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like a couple different things going on. It's it's big the and the special effects are bigger. cool. Yeah. And all of the characters kind of get their own plot line. And so somehow that one works and Insurrection doesn't. So that's just an example of what I think people want out of a... Or what a Star Trek movie should be. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard the common trope that is basically true of all the odd numbered star trek movies are bad yeah and all the even numbered star trek movies are good yeah i've heard that one and that's almost actually it fits it's 100 percent true all the time except for star trek generations which i think everyone's kind of like whatever yeah see i don't know i feel like we're probably either thinking of like different people you're like different fans of star trek or maybe just like framing it differently because i feel like Part of what the people are like clamoring for all the time, yeah, is like, and I know you haven't seen it, but like Star Trek Six, yeah, which is basically it's viewed upon as positive. I think largely because it's like the last of the original crew, right? And they send it off in a nice way and all that. Yep. But it's like basically like the end of the Cold War, but between humans and Klingons. Yeah. And they're having to like have negotiations and stuff. Sure. And then Kirk gets captured or no, Kirk gets accused of assassinating some Klingon guy and gets imprisoned and the rest of the crew has to like get him out or whatever. Cool. Sounds good. And like that to me me seems like what to me seems like the most like Star Trek episode kind of thing no well see but here's the problem you haven't seen any episodes but what i'm talking well i've seen some okay i haven't seen none i've probably seen more episodes than i have seen total movies right but, but the essentially the trope of the tv show is that it's essentially it came out you know it's the same basic era as the mm-hmm. twilight zone and it's essentially what's the weird mystery this week let's solve yeah. it and yeah. something like them going to war or like solving the cold war yeah. It's slightly bigger than just a mystery of the week. Yeah, but it's them talking a lot. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. the ones that are of them doing a lot of talking and weighing of moral issues. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's what I think. There's not a lot of, like, actual action in the show. Well, but the thing is, if you didn't have the weighing of morals, it's not Star Trek. Because that's literally yeah, that's the whole... I mean, 
you can't that doesn't go from like episode to movie like it has to do that because if you if it was just action and no moralizing mm-hmm. it's not star trek which i guess you could argue that the new ones are not that but they're yeah. a little bit still uh, yeah but i mean a lot of it also for me at least has to do with like how they actually sort it all out because that's like a lot of people's beef with like the next generation movies yeah is that it's a lot of like picard like shooting people which is like like it's kind of an action thing definitely the ones that are bad are that yeah like they're less i want to say less smart they're they're not smart that's why first contact is so good is because that one is a lot of him quoting moby dick (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's why it's good because that's what star trek kind of is yeah yeah and that's that to me is at least the part that people that like people who already like star trek yeah want to see more of kind of and i think the people who are like average moviegoers yeah who like for example would be the main audience of the new movies that's not what they think of maybe when they think of star trek they think of like the space and the yeah i don't know fighting aliens and stuff yeah and fighting aliens so but the thing is that's i think what's pulling them in those two directions a lot well I think it's just consistent characterization within a movie is all they really want. Yeah. But they want it to be a movie still. The problem with no, yeah, yeah. some I of the lesser part. ones, the ones that seem like, like TV show episodes, yeah, is that they're just lame. It's like, you spent that much money on this and that's all I get? Yeah. Like, that's what why Insurrection is not that great is because it really does feel like a TV show episode. Yeah, it looks really cheap. It's cheap and it's kind of boring. Yeah. It is boring. <laughs> and all the things, it's like on sound stages, obviously. Yeah. I think part of why it seems that way, too, is because everybody's not fit for what they had them do. Sure. Like, there's a big scene where they're all running around outside getting, like, strafed by these, like, fighter airplanes. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, like these people who are kind of old and like classical actors <laughs> trying yeah, to like sure. act like they're running through these rocks and like shoot airplanes with their tiny tiny guns and it just looks really lame yeah the action has to the action has to feel like it's necessary for star trek to yeah. do which yeah. i think is the one thing that is good about the new movies that the action seems like oh this is a necessary thing you would have to do in starfleet yeah. You might have to do like a dive through space like they do in the first one. That's really cool. Yeah. And you might have to like know, you might have to do have combat because the situations are much more harrowing. Yeah, they set up a situation and I'm sure part of it is just having like being able to do more filmmaking wise, oh, having way more money and all and that. And they're all young too, that helps. Yeah. They're not all. Although even when they were young in the the TV series like they weren't fit. No. Like William Shatner's always been kind of a doofy guy yeah yeah well and we were talking about this earlier about how star trek the next generation even the people who are they make all these cool things yeah. but then they're just such huge dorks and oh you were for telling sure. about this earlier about like jordy oh yeah so so basically the cool thing about the original series is that you have the trilogy which is kirk who is the captain and he's like the sort of brash think with his heart not with his head mm-hmm. person and then you have spock. alien womanizer also. yeah yeah basically and then you have spock who is the logical alien yeah literally and he 
contrasts with all of Kirk's stuff. And then you also have McCoy, who is the doctor, and who is kind of the the skeptic mm-hmm. to um, to the, the logic and emotion. Yeah, because those other two are both very earnest in the things that they're into. Yep, exactly. So you have that triangle of personality, and that's what makes the show work so well, in my yep. opinion. And then you have some other people who are cool, but not especially interesting no yeah but then in next generation next generation is truly the nerd one because Mm -hmm. you've got like the captain whose whole thing is that he quotes shakespeare and moby dick all the time yeah like he's basically a literature (laughs) professor yeah and then you have a literature professor but who's the leading who's like the guy in charge of a navy vessel yeah he's like a true old-timey navy captain yeah and then your second in command is the horniest man alive (laughs) william Riker. yeah and uh does he have any other main characteristics no oh no 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 he's just very he's pure id (laughs) in terms of just constantly like you know he's he's still a second in command so he's Mm -hmm. still in charge of stuff but yeah He's real. I mean, that's his thing. So is he brash? No, <laughs> just horny. He's just a guy. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what really they give him. But no, like I've seen a lot of things with him in it, and I'm having. I can't think of how else to describe the things that he does. He's just a horny dude. That's yeah. all. Sometimes you gotta have that. So, and then you've got Worf, who is the Klingon, who is all about honor. Yeah. But he is basically just like, like you were saying, a kid in his basement that collects samurai swords. Oh man, he's he's this. They put him in there as like the badass warrior. But if you break it down at any level, he's just a just unbelievable dork. He's got like this metal sash. Yep. <laughs> and like his weapons are completely illogical. Well, the best part is that even within the Klingons, since mm-hmm. he's with Starfleet, he's the wuss. He's like the oh. basement dweller. Because they're oh, all yeah. like really intense, and he's like trying to be civilized, which makes him the huge nerd among the Klingons yeah. too. Yeah, man. And so he's supposedly the strong security advisor, mm-hmm. but they actually have named it the Wharf Effect because of this. Where any villain, to show how powerful they are, Wharf will go at them and he, and they'll just beat him up. And yeah, it's like, oh, you beat the strongest guy in you our beat crew. Wharf? You must be good. But that happens all the time. Like, so the show just becomes him getting his just beat up all yeah, the time. Yeah, just getting his butt kicked constantly. <laughs> And then you've wow. got, and then you've got Data, who is kind of the Spock character. Yeah. But like a child Spock, like he's just yeah. not intelligent because he's a robot and he's trying <laughs> yeah, to learn yeah. stuff. And he's then you have to learn emotions. Uh, Jordi Forge, which is played by Lavar Burton. Jordi is funny great. because yeah, it's like he has this near magical. Well, he's blind, so he has a machine yeah. that basically lets him see. Yeah, over like his visor. eyes, and it's like they're gonna make a character with basically like some bionic thing, right? Yeah, he's supposed and to be of cool. Of course, it's gonna be the guy with the bionic eyes who uses his magic eyes to do science. Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't even like. Do things even come up that often that are hard, like hard to well, see? Well, the whole thing about him is that he ends up being sort of like a worrywart. Because he's with Data all the time, and he's like, Data! Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, Data's, like, very innocently getting into trouble. And And then you have the doctor, Beverly Crusher, who's Mm -hmm. actually awesome, and she's Picard's love interest. She's, like, the one adult on the whole ship. Yep. And then you have Deanna Troy, who is, like, half alien, and she can sense emotions. So, literally, her whole job is to sit on the deck and say, Captain... I'm sensing he's angry. Like, yeah. no kidding. He and, was just yeah. yelling at you. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they put her in there to, like, translate things for, like, the nerds that have really bad empathy? No, I think 
they just thought it would be cool to have that idea and they didn't figure out what to do with her for a long time. Oh, yeah. That's basically it. Did they come up with things later? I haven't watched enough of the show. I haven't gone far enough to know. Yeah. But in the movies, I, I can seem say to remember, no. I seem to remember some episode where, like, she basically tips them off that the other side is going to betray them. Yeah. I mean, it's probably they probably Stuff used like her that. somehow, but she's not Even a good that, character. That's very unsatisfying as a viewer yeah. to be watching... These Starfleet guys talk to the some other side. Yeah. And then you can't really tip off the audience in any way, really. Right, sure. Because then the crew would have gotten tipped off. I mean, I guess you could have shots of the other side, like on their own ship, talking about the plan. Yeah. But whatever. It's not, not important. good. Not compelling. We need to we should actually talk about the movies since we're now talking basically I about suppose. the T V show. Yeah. We'll, and then we'll get into like the reboot and stuff like yeah. that. But all right, um, you want to talk about like the next gen one since we're already talking about next gen? Yeah, I do because then you like them more anyway, or not really more. You like next gen. The more characters are so much more interesting in next gen than they are in the original series. See, I like the original series it's, characters more. They're just a cool archetype, but it, the actual characters don't have much to do. See, I just think it's funnier, eh. especially in the movies. I think you need to watch the TV show again, probably next gen, and just see how funny it truly is. Like, yeah. It's, it's like campier now than than even the original Star Trek is. It feels that way. Wow, yeah. So mostly, are, mostly I was just thinking of Bones. Bones and Kirk and Spock talking together is very funny. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. That's all the show <laughs> yeah, has. That's yeah. But the next gen movies are uniformly thought of as pretty bad from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Other than First Contact, which is good because it's got How many the, of them are there? There's four of them? Uh I think there's four. There's got to be because it was First Contact, then Insurrection, then some movie, then Nemesis, which is universally loathed as one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, Nemesis is bad. That one has Tom Hardy in it, though. Yeah. As in like one of his first roles. Picard. Uh, as sort of. Oh. He's whatever. a half Picard, half... <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. He's like a clone or something, right? Yeah, he's like, but he's half Romulan And he's as like well. bitter at Picard. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like basically like Frankenstein, but like if Picard had nothing to do with it, so kind of can't really even. It's weird. It's real relate. weird. Yeah. So there's four of them. There are four of them, but one of them is Generations, which I haven't seen, but you have. Yeah, and it's like boy, it sucks. The two, like Kirk go or goes forward in the future or something. I don't know. I literally don't remember. I think, but Kirk and Kirk and Picard are together. Yeah, in one. it's some weird thing where. Picard dies, and some sort of post-death being lets him, like, redo some part of his life. Cool. I'm into it. And include some other person of his choosing. Oh, and he picks Kirk? (laughs) I feel like that's what happens. I don't totally remember. (laughs) So I think maybe the best part of Star Trek is that everyone who writes for it is... The biggest nerd, mm-hmm. like not just any type of nerd, but like a big English nerd or like drama nerd, mm-hmm. like those type of nerds. Yeah. And this is like pre Buffy the Vampire Slayer when everything had to be super quotable and they could just like use books as inspiration instead. Mm-hmm. So they would do things like essentially this movie where I guess they have the ghost of Christmas past kind uh... of mixed with death. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But yep. it, that's like such a. <laughs> that is. 
completely insane, and it's almost not even sci-fi. Yeah, that's absolutely not sci-fi. It's basically fantasy. Yeah. But that's what's so great about it is that Star Trek somehow incorporates all of that. The only thing it can't do is have interesting action. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which is why it's so funny that the new movies are so action-oriented because yeah. basically J.J. Abrams wanted to do a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and it was the testing ground for him to actually direct a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Good for you, J.J. Well, and because... I think they needed to do that to make money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, after the the Next Generation movies, man, they're pretty boring. Like, the only yeah. reason that First Contact did well, which is the one where they go back in time to save the guy who created Warp Drive. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so nerdy. Yep. After that one, which was good because it seemed like they were people were ready for a Next Generation movie mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. Because the TV show was so, pop- so popular. Yep. Um, then the other ones were so bad that it basically killed the movie franchise because mm, Nemesis mm-hmm. was terrible. Yep. Universally panned. Yep. Not even Tom Hardy could save it. Yep. So then after that, they did the reboots, mm-hmm. which are very good. Well, pretty good. Yeah. I the first good. one's great. Yep. The second one, they basically redo Wrath of Khan. Yep. Which we'll have to talk about that in a second we'll here. We'll and go then, back to the old ones. And then the Star Trek Beyond, which is as close to... An episode of the of a new TV show as you could get, yeah. But it works because we don't have a the new reboot of the old show as a TV show. We just have it as movies instead. Yes. So people are anxious for it. Yeah. I feel like Star Trek Beyond is as close as they are going to get to like an actual modern Star Trek movie. Yeah. Like it's it's got kind of every part going for it it's got a mystery that they have to yeah unlock. They, they, it's got a mystery they it's about like these moral issues and stuff yeah they expanded it actually to the scope of a movie yep and there is action in there and it's fun it doesn't it's not like jarring the cast is great yeah like the action fits with what they need to do and the people who they have doing it actually seem like they could do that yeah totally <laughs> so yeah they kind of nailed good. it but that's cool. And, and then, of course, it made like the least money of all of them. Apparently, they're <laughs> making the a fourth ones. one, though. Yes. So that's cool. Yes. Fourth and probably last one, I would assume. Uh, maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah. so speaking of the Wrath of Khan, let's yeah. just go back to the old ones quick. Let's go back to the old ones. We're skipping all around. Okay, so the TV show comes out in like 19... 60... What is it? 69? Or earlier than that? A little earlier. Earlier than that? I think this... Early 66. 1966. So it comes out... Pretty early, and then it got. It was in syndication. Yep, because it, it was. It, it was only three seasons of the show. Yep, and it wasn't wildly popular. So the show had gone away, and it was kind of getting like a cult following. Yeah, in syndication. They, would, they would show it on in you know on whatever CBS. I guess. So they decided to make a Star Trek movie called Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Off to a great start. Yep, and then they make just the weirdest thing ever, where like I think somebody. Looked at how much money 2001 A Space Odyssey made. Well, it was that, and then Close <laughs> and Encounters had come out two years before. Okay. And Star Wars had also come out. Oh, wow. It was so after Star Wars. It was 1979. Yeah, okay. So, I'm sure that was part of it, too, that they thought, oh, man, people are loving the space stuff. So let's make a real... make a movie. ...heady, conceptual movie. So, yeah, it's very abstract, and there's, a, like, a very long segment where n- nobody says anything... And it's just weird imagery. Can we just give the very oh, basic gist? If you're worried about getting spoiled somehow for the what forty-year-old uh, Star Trek movie, no one's uh, no one's worried about that one for sure. <laughs> um, basically, they come into contact with an alien being, 
and they find out that it is the original Voyager spacecraft. Yeah. Which has come back, like basically an alien entity found it and sent it back to us with a bunch of, and it gathered a bunch of stuff. And it's now like, what, planet size? Like, it's huge. It's, yeah. And there's, what is it that keeps saying V'ger over and over? Yeah, it says V'ger because, it's beaming V'ger to them because that's... All you can see on the Voyager yeah. craft is just V-G-E-R, <laughs> which is so dorky, but I love yeah. it. So that's a real weird one. It made a bunch of money, right? Yeah, it was pretty popular. People yeah. were excited about it. I don't know if I enjoy it. I haven't seen it. Probably won't. Don't care about it. Probably don't bother. Dad likes it. Dad does like it. But, but he don't... likes it when people put Star Trek in front of him in any context. Yeah, totally. So, so he's, he's into that. Pretty easy to please. And then uh, two is Wrath of Khan, two which is, Wrath is of Khan. if you talk to anyone about the Star Trek movies, that's probably the one they'll bring up. Yeah, I can't think of too many it's, people it's who the would, most popular yeah, one. Yeah, I can't think of too many Star Trek fans. It who gets would quoted say that the most. The best movie. It's, I mean, people do the Khan like yep, all the time. Yeah, but and I think that one is where they kind of blew people's minds a little bit. Yeah, because it brought a villain back from the TV show mm-hmm. in a cool way, mm-hmm. and he was it was a little darker. Yep, he was a little more menacing. And I think part of, well, and all of that plus, and I'm going to spoil also Star Trek 2. Yeah. We're going to do that. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I was going to give the spoiler if you weren't. We have to talk about, we have to spoil it to talk about the next two movies anyway. So, so I think part of what blew people's minds is that in a TV show, you can't kill anybody major because they need to make more of the show. Right. And they kill Spock at the end. Spock dies. Spock dies at the end of Star Trek Two, which, in a very meaningful, he way, sacrifices himself. And like, it's a very moving scene. It's cool between yep. Kirk and Spock. Yep, and it has to do with the characters of Kirk and Spock. Yeah, where Kirk doesn't believe in like the no-win scenario. Yeah, and Spock takes the most illogical choice, yep. which is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yep. And, they and so kind he sacrifices of, himself in order to save the ship, which is very cool. Yeah. He, I don't know. They kind of like teach each other a lesson a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's so, pretty cool. So that leads and into... And plus it's very... It's a very... The plot of it, I think, is kind of like a episode of the show because they have to like trick Khan. That's right. kind of what it all comes down to. It's not like... So that's why I'm always complaining about like a lot of newer movies where... They set like they make these characters that have these attributes, and then they just end up punching each other. Yeah, and it's like in this, they like trick Khan. Yeah, it's cool. and that's their whole deal because like because he's Kirk and he's this like swashbuckling future yeah, guy. Yeah, but they've outwitted him, yeah. which is the most satisfying. Basically, yep. <laughs> Star Trek is a Japanese manga yeah, because it really it's all is. about whatever the weird <laughs> logic is to win. Yeah, it, uh, oh, which man. is kind of awesome. Boy, yeah, it is. Uh, but so that leads into. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah, which is they sent Spock off to you know in a basically like a at the end of Viking, two, not a Viking funeral like like uh, yeah like a burial like a burial at sea basically yeah because so, all of these spaceships are basically boats and they sent him off to the new planet that Khan has created yep. with the Genesis device with his mega weapon yeah which is basically a planet creator yeah so they drop Spock there and, and it turns out that the effects of the Genesis device make you Bring come back, back to, life. to life so that's cool but he doesn't remember anything of his like he no doesn't remember a lot of stuff well he's not he's not really in three very much right have you seen three no okay they're, search, uh, they're searching for him it's the yeah, search for spock it's not, it's very, not we found spock yeah exactly it's not very interesting from what i remember i haven't seen it in a long time so don't bother it's got kirk's kid in it yeah kirk's it's also dies. it's also uh and apparently as kind of a 
sorry, you're not really in this one. Yeah. They let Spock, the guy who plays Spock, direct it. He oh, directed yes. three and four. And he's a good director. Yeah, apparently. It's just not so, an especially an interesting script, I guess, or I don't know. Uh, yeah, basically. But then that leads into, they find Spock. The best one. Star Trek Four, the, vo- yeah. the one with the whales. The one with the whales. It's Star Trek Four, the voyage a home. Lot of people, <laughs> the voyage home. A lot of people, as we said, say that two is the best. We have for years thought of... Star Trek Four is the best. So Star Trek Four is the premise is that a it's the funniest one. It's absolutely the funniest one. Some sort of craft comes into the solar system, mm-hmm. like Earth's solar system, and it's making whale sounds. Yes, and, and it's, it's going to very easily destroy the Earth. Yeah, it's starting it just to like de- mess demolishes with, everybody, mess with the weather and communications and mm-hmm. everything, and so. They need whales, basically. It's it's communicating in whale, but the whales have been extinct for, you know, hundreds of years. It's the yep. future. So they figure out a way to slingshot around the sun and go back in time, which already, I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? They <laughs> That's go, why I love Star Trek, is that you can say, oh, whatever, who cares? <laughs> they go back in time to the 1980s, yep. <laughs> where there are whales. And so... Yep. The time in which the movie is made. Yes. And so... <laughs> It's basically a double fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. Well, triple if you count the literal pun of a fish out of water with the whales. Ooh, good one. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, you know, the Star Trek crew back in 20th century Earth. Yep. Seeing all of the barbaric ways that we apparently live. Yeah. Well, just trashing just the modern world. trashing it. It's the best. <laughs> and then also Spock, who has recently come back to life and doesn't remember anything. Yes. Learning what the crew is about. Yeah. Like the all the dynamics. And again. Dynamics. Yeah. So, oh, there's so many good scenes. There's, the best stuff is when they're interacting with other people on Earth. Yeah. There's a, a scene on the bus where Kirk and Spock are taking public transportation and there's a punk that's playing really loud mm-hmm. punk music. Yeah. And everyone's really annoyed by him. And he, like, kind of flips in the bird. Yeah. And Spock is like, oh, logically what I'll do is this. And he gives him the Vulcan nerve pinch and just <laughs> knocks the guy out. And the whole bus claps. <laughs> They're all excited. Yeah. And yeah. then there's another scene where These they go. These old guys are going to come in and clean up the streets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's um, what we wanted in the 80s. They... <laughs> They go to the hospital to find Chekhov because, I don't know, I don't Something remember. Something happens, doesn't Something matter. happens to Chekhov, it doesn't matter. But uh, McCoy, the doctor, is going in and just is livid with how everyone's doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls it like the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, he <laughs> sees this woman, this old lady on a stretcher and she says that she's on dialysis. And he's like, dialysis? Here, take this pill. And he just, what is this, the Middle Ages? Yeah. Gives her, <laughs> gives her this pill, and then we see, that as they're escaping later, we see her being like, the doctor gave me a new kidney. Like, she just grew a new <laughs> kidney with a pill. And uh, then, yeah, in the elevator, they're talk, two other doctors are talking about chemotherapy, and yeah. that's when he does the Spanish Inquisition line. Man. And then they uh, basically kick some other surgeons out to heal Chekhov with basically just like this thing they put on his head and it fixes his brain. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no time to put holes in his head. Yeah. It's really good. The ultimate, though, is... Oh, yeah, yeah. I already know wait, where you're going. So they need to make a part of the ship walled off to put the whale in. Yeah, the two whales. The two whales. Humpback, and humpback whales. This is how so, I knew about humpback whales as a kid. Yeah. So is it Bones and... Yeah. Scotty? And Scotty, yeah. Need to make this happen. Bones is McCoy, by the way. Tyler's oh, yeah. been calling him Bones. Yeah, sorry. That's that's, that's Kirk's nickname for McCoy. Yeah, Sawbones. Bones. Sawbones. So they need to, you know, make this happen. And 
they end up going to this plant that makes like plastic. Yeah. Like huge, like fiberglass or plastic. Yeah, just wall big kind plexiglass of sheets and stuff. Yeah, where you did this kind of thing, and they basically come in and they just like blow this guy's mind with this technology that doesn't exist yet. He just he gives him the formula for transparent aluminum. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And this guy is just like losing it. And the best part is when Scotty goes up to the computer and he's like, "Computer," and you know it's a nineteen, it's like an Apple II. Yeah. And it does nothing, and he's like, "Computer." And they, hand, they hand, he hands him the mouse, and he takes up the mouse like a microphone, and he's like, hello, computer. <laughs> now, you're not putting the right sass on it, which is that he sits down and he says, computer, nothing happens. And he says, computer. <laughs> and he's like, like he's going to give this oh, yeah, computer they, some attitude, then and then, then now give, it's going to listen to him. Then we give him the mouse, and he says, hello, computer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like very, talks into the mouse. He's very excited. It's and amazing. So then he just, he has to type, and he's like, ugh. Yeah. He's like over it's it very, immediately. Very good. So good. So this whole thing is like overacted in and kind then, of like the yeah. best way. And then a lot of it is Kirk and this woman who's a whale researcher. Him like trying to get a hold of these whales yeah. that are about to be released into the wild, but not like tip her off that they're from the future. Right. So it's so it's weird. Amazing. It's there's the n- best. There's really nothing like it. It's such a weird movie. And I would recommend if you know nothing about Star Trek, still watch this movie. Because it's just an oh, yeah. enjoyable movie in a weird way. Yeah. And you may not like get all the jokes, but that's okay. Because mm-hmm. it's still... The timing is so good yeah. for well, all the jokes and everything. Yeah. I think Leonard Nimoy is actually a really good director. Yeah, he must be. Yeah. And so it's, well, and, and it's like worth the it. characters... A lot of the comedy comes from who the characters are. Yeah. But they tip you off on what the characters are like so easily and yes, quickly. totally. Even like... So Bones, aka yep. McCoy, his actual name, his character is just so strong that he says like one thing, and you're like, okay, I get this guy. Yeah, totally. That's the best part about the, about the movies is that they had all this TV show to introduce you to them, and mm-hmm. so they can just play their characters. Yep, and you get it. Or even Scotty, most of the stuff that he or Chekhov. Yeah, the things that they say are just just tip you off to who they are as people. Yeah, it's so immediate. And, oh man, they're great. So I think that that's probably the best introduction to Star Trek is just... I think so, too. Just watch the one with the whales. I super love it. Actually, which ones would you recommend people still watch? Just at all. Oh, man. See... Because then 5 and 6, I haven't seen either of those. Okay, I'll just quick give you the rundown on 5 and 6. 5, boring. Cool. Uh, they It opens... It's directed by... Um, Shatner, William Shatner, who plays Kirk. Huh. And it opens on William Shatner climbing El Capitan in Yosemite. <laughs> uh, just show off, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then it basically ends with them going to the center of the known universe where a thing claiming to be God is. Oh, cool. Uh, normal? They basi- yep, normal. And they basically prove it's not God. They probably blow it up. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Wow. It was not as good. And then six is the oh, Apparently, one. Gene Roddenberry considers five to be maybe not canon. Or he did. He's, oh, wow. He, he's since passed away. Yikes. But he he basically considered... He described it as apocryphal. <laughs> so, anyway. And then six is pretty good. It's the end of the Cold War, basically. Yeah. Because that's what was happening in real life then. Oh, cool. And they have to... It's very diplomatic, which I like. But that's kind of the best sci-fi. Honestly, all sci-fi is that when, or at least up until the 21st century, basically, mm -hmm. sci-fi is good when it just uses future stuff to to figure Mm -hmm. out problems now. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why Star Trek was always interesting, because Mm -hmm. there was always a Cold War element to it. Yep. And for basically, you know, from 1960, 
when when I say 1966 mm-hmm. till yep. you know 1989, yeah. the Cold War was still a thing, and so yep. Star Trek was always relevant. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that they were able to do that. And then Star Trek: Next Generation started in 1989. Oh, nice! And became kind of a different beast in yeah. a, in a, in a cool way. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. that was more about just morality and it's a lot less acceptance yeah. um honestly a lot of it was just seeing that people were different and there wasn't anything specifically wrong with that mm-hmm. like it was certainly a closer to 21st century thing that they were trying to figure out i'd yeah. say especially in the 90s when like the you idea have the whole one superpower thing <laughs> yeah and, and even just like figuring out like pc culture and stuff like yeah, that which was yeah. big in the 90s yep like figuring out like how people are different and how they're the same. And yep. I think that's probably, you know, the a time when, yeah, we were one big superpower and we didn't have any external conflicts. Yeah. And so it helped people deal with the internal conflicts more, mm-hmm. which is more what that was about. Yeah. And it thankfully was done right before 9-11. So yeah. they didn't have to deal with that. Is that part of what happened with the movies? No. When did the movies come out? Oh. Were they more 90s? Some of them. Let me look. Boy, the movies are weird. So yeah, probably nem- unrelated. One, yeah. So they didn't. No, none of it has to do with. You're still trying to figure out different stuff. So I think, I think they just needed to put action into them. Yeah, or they thought they needed to. Right. So I think actually the new ones, the new reboot, mm-hmm. is a lot more having to do with whatever our current things are today. The other world climate. Yeah, I'd say there's a lot more about not just action, but kind of like outside threats. Yeah, and, and them dealing with that. Fear. Yeah, more totally. fear than like like full-on aggression yeah like offensive aggression it's more like defensive yes protecting from things Mm -hmm. interesting i never really put it in that context but i kind of like that now yeah star trek's good like that see it's it it can be so many things to anybody it's fun yeah Um, okay so which ones are actually still good to see let's do the rundown two i'm not positive about two i think probably i saw i it's don't have to watch it first necessarily yeah no you should watch the new reboot first Star Trek, you know, yeah. 2009. Oh, yeah. That one's great. Watch that one. Watch Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. Great. Loved it. And then, if you like those characters, uh-huh. go back and watch 2 and 4. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. And then, if you want to get into the next generation characters, skip all of those movies and just watch the TV show. Yeah. Because I... I mean, and then if you really like those, then just watch the movies, I guess. Yeah, I guess. They're fine. <laughs> I don't know. I Picard's I cool. I don't know how much I would even... So, of the next generation movies, the only one that I can really say that I like is First Contact. Sure. And I don't know if I would have liked it if I didn't already know the characters. have some enjoyment of the show. For sure. Yeah, I would say that. Skip the movies. Because First Contact is basically the one with the whales... Like that kind of fish out of water thing. Yeah, but not but as just much. With it's not as, and that's the thing. It's kind of there's because they're also fighting the Borg, which is a big yeah. thing from the TV show. So you got to really watch the TV show to know all the history of them with the Borg, because mm-hmm. that's basically seasons three through seven. That's their big threat. Yep. So if you don't understand like their whole history, because like Picard gets taken over by the Borg at one point. Yep. So if you don't understand that, then it's kind of like you don't get all of the. It's not as interesting. No. But you can watch Wrath of Khan without knowing what watching their one episode with Khan. All you have oh, to know absolutely. is that he's in the history. Because that's the thing. The old show was very... It was a lot more at least... Extremely episodic. Yeah. Just like this was before, thing, of, thing of the week. This is before arcs. Like they yeah. maybe have a two-parter. 
Yeah, but the, they wouldn't have a uh, season-long arc where no, anything big happened. That wasn't even a thing in TV for a no. long time. So, so it's. I think that's why they had to make the characters more accessible. Yeah. It was because this very well could be the first anybody sees of this person in this episode yeah. that, that we're making. And that's fine. So, yeah. That's good. Because that could be like to the detriment of it, you know, where they're very like shallow. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they are. No, I think they're good. The only thing that's weird about the later movies is that the the actors get very old. Oh, you mean the Star Trek original cast? Yeah. And yeah, they do. And that's it's why sad. I, and that's why I think six is as well liked as it is. Yeah. Is because Is it them passing the torch kinda? It's them kind of passing it's not even passing the torch. Oh, maybe if it was made well, after like the giving after a, next gen started. Giving a goodbye kind yeah, of Yeah, it's their, kind of their goodbye, which is also part of why generation sucks so much, is because some of them some of them come back after giving such a good goodbye. Ah, uh, that makes sense. And so yeah, they kind of and they give them something to the plot it's them wrapping up this long conflict too yeah so it kind of fits with it being the last one yep i don't know and they kind of kept it within the scope of we're having all these very old people do yeah this. yeah totally you know so anyway that makes sense cool i would go back and watch at least a few of them again oh yeah i we were just watching clips of four and i was laughing oh still. man it's so funny it's incredible <laughs> watch the one with the whales even honestly some of the clips from five are funny yeah like the original crew is very funny yeah i mean especially when they're in a movie together and you already know they're yeah there's their thing <laughs> yeah that's why next gen so good as a tv show because mm-hmm. you don't have to watch any of those in order kind of you can there's there's bigger arcs and stuff but you can just watch any of them and you'll know like, oh, Data's going to be dumb. <laughs> yeah. Is it, you could watch every Holodeck episode, which was basically like once every five episodes. They would go into the Holodeck and something would screw up. <laughs> which Man. is kind of like their way to like play around with genre. That's the best way I can describe Next Gen is that they would like have a Sherlock Holmes, Holmes episode once yep. every four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it was like, oh, we can do it. The holiday. Because, because the volume of Star Trek Next Generation total minutes is absurd. Oh, yeah. that There's like, like 45 minute episodes and there's like 25 a season, right? Yeah, roughly. It's such a long show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot there. So, had to come with a lot. If you're not interested in Star Trek, sorry you had to listen to this. You you, you didn't make it this far, let's face <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, if you made it this far and you don't care about Star Trek, I'm honored. I'm impressed. Yeah. It's good, though. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's cool to at least know about them, even if you don't know them, because they're part of our cultural yeah, consciousness. Yeah, it's a big part of our culture. and Even just Kirk and Spock. Everyone knows who Spock is. Yeah. Like, he's oh, just yeah. logical. That's it. Yep, that's his whole thing. So, well, and I feel like even like you were saying earlier about how Star Trek is a good depiction of the best of science fiction in terms of its uses yeah you know to kind of like distill what's going on in the world yep in a way that like we can convince teenagers to watch yeah totally <laughs> you know like people even talk about the original show yeah of like the race relations and stuff yeah it was huge and even how one of the characters was Chekhov a russian guy right and they were like working together yeah and like that would that was pretty nuts then not to mention it had the first interracial kiss on tv yeah which is a big deal yep and so and and even well i i think it's oprah or is it Whoopi goldberg one of those two was quoted as basically saying that they saw uhura on tv and they freaked out because it was like a black woman that wasn't a maid yeah and it's like well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. So, so it, was, I don't know. it was definitely inspirational for its time, and it has a cultural context to it, even mm-hmm. if now it's not quite as interesting. Yeah, because we moved past it a little bit. Well, everybody's 
attention spans are a lot shorter i think yeah oh for sure we need our movies to and have more explosions the original show is very boring at times <laughs> yeah and pretty cheaply made <laughs> so eh, it you're it yeah it's just i mean i guess it's network tv so you're not wrong i'm just saying yeah. like eh, it's still good i guess yeah, yeah yeah it's it's still good i like that it exists <laughs> oh yeah i like star trek oh yeah <laughs>